Real quick, folks, just jumping in here to say that the episode ahead is going to have spoilers for the entire Mistborn series, including Mistborn Secret History. Uh, my opening joke requires some spoilers, so get off the train here if you haven't already read all of it. Like, all of it, seriously. Um, okay. Are they gone? Excellent. You guys who remain are the real cool cats. Uh, but... <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, a quick announcement. I've uh, opened up a Patreon, but we'll talk about that in the outro. Alrighty, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the World Hopper's Guide to the Cosmere. I'm your host, Arian, and this week we're going to talk about a character in the Mistborn trilogy with an impressive list of accomplishments. He's an Alamancer, among other things, and has probably dabbled in hemallergy. He took up a shard before releasing it, and inspired religions based around his personality and his apparent immortality. He bore a pretty strong prejudice against a group of people, and while he did some good things, his motivations are seen as pretty self-centered. Ultimately, though, his actions were instrumental in the defeat of Ruin. Of course, it's obvious who we're talking about, right? So let's get to it. Alright, so, the parallels between Kelsier and the Lord Ruler, aka Roshik, are pretty striking at first glance, if you couldn't tell from that intro. But both men, I think, are fantastic examples of grey morality in the Mistborn world. People who have done good things and bad, and often for their own reasons. I want to talk a little bit about both men today, and then talk a little bit about why I find Kelsier in particular so fascinating, and kind of where I want to see him go in the future. So let's start with Kelsier, since he is literally our entry point into the Mistborn series as a whole. When we first meet him, he's a charismatic revolutionary, a man with a tragic past who nevertheless continues to smile as he inspires or incites people to fight. We learn through Vin that Kelsier is a thief and a Mistborn, dedicated to a single mission, destroying the Lord Ruler completely and utterly. While obviously he has that uh, natural inclination to help people, the same inclination that fuels Vin, uh, Ham, Breeze, Dox, and the rest of the crew, Kelsier has a deeper motivation, which is to get revenge for the death of his wife, Mare. This pushes him to cause chaos in the noble houses, killing Ska guards and noblemen alike with his superior mobility from Alamancy. Through it all, he tries instilling the same anti-nobleman values in Vin. Ultimately, he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with a steel inquisitor, saving Elan Venture and killing the inquisitor before being killed by the Lord Ruler himself, inciting the revolution that would overthrow the final empire. Overall, a pretty heroic uh, story, I think, but along the way he does some pretty nasty things. Killing people, armed or unarmed, in cold blood being one of them. Not to the point of, say, turning the series straight up grimdark, because I, I think it's still very much in the epic heroic fantasy sort of genre, but darker than most of the other heroes that Sanderson has given us. Now, from Vin's perspective, Kelsier can do no wrong. It's clear that she loved him as a mentor, like a father or an older brother, and that while she saw his flaws, she still believed that he was good. But when we look at his actions in general, and when we get his perspective in secret history, we see a little more of the real Kelsier. And it certainly seems like the more correct term for him is psychopath, or at least psychopathic tendencies, but that word and phrase are a little ambiguous in psychological circles, doesn't really matter. Uh, basically, to be specific, Kelsier seems to have trouble with empathy, 
showing no compunction in killing an entire class of people, the nobles, as well as anyone who guards them, and uses his charisma and self-confidence to literally form a cult of personality around himself. Brandon himself has stated that Kelsier could have easily been a villain in another book. Um, my good friend Jordan over at the Sandersonian Institute of Cosmere Studies points out that this statement is not saying that Kelsier is a villain, but that he could be, which I think is fair, um, but I think there is definitely a lot of grayness to him that we're going to explore a little bit. Um, I think what I find fascinating about Mistborn, though, is that it isn't another book. We've been talking about a lot of philosophy lately, and I think Kelsier shares a lot in common with some of the quote-unquote bad guys that we've been talking about. Uh, Teravangian, for one, and maybe even Moash, to a degree. Um, all of these characters, to some extent or another, have embraced the notion that the ends justify the means. In Kelsier's case, though, I think we find ourselves agreeing with the ends, which is overthrowing the Empire, and understanding the necessity of the means, which is killing people and inciting a revolution, um, even if we don't particularly like them. Are Kelsier's murderous tactics justifiable in a revolution with a society as dark and oppressive as the final empire? Uh, it's hard to say yes or no without really getting into the specifics of the actions. After all, I think we'd be pretty upset if he killed a man like Elan Venture. Uh, that said, desperate times might call for desperate measures, but I'm not sure that fully excuses the extent of Kelsier's actions or his mindset. Uh, part of Kelsier's brilliance and his psychopathy is is how he manages to make the entire plan revolve around his own egotism, charisma, and desire to be seen as a hero, and eventually a god. Uh, he's kind of very lucky that it all worked out. Uh, but, but switching gears for a moment here, let's just talk about Rashik and, and sort of the parallels here. Uh, the Lord Ruler has been a topic of some controversy lately in subreddits and whatnot. Uh, for much like Moash, we seem to be a little bit divided on just how bad his actions and his person really were. So, Let's take a look. How bad was Rashik? Well, let's take stock of what he did. We as readers first meet him as the Lord Ruler, an inevitable immortal creature more like a dark force of nature than a man, a tyrant that executes thousands of ska in a single day, who upholds a system where 90% of the population is effectively enslaved. He is the Dark Lord in all respects, right until the point where Vin breaks into Credit Shaw and kills him using the mists, at which point he calls her a fool, telling her she doesn't know what she's done, and what he has protected humanity from. Because, as it turns out, the Lord Ruler is a little more complicated than we expected. As the series goes on, we learn a little bit more about the man called Rashik. We learn that he was a terraceman, who killed the hero of ages, Alendi, and took up the power at the Well of Ascension himself. Though preceded by a murder, Rashik's ascension was motivated at least partly by a desire to save the world from the deepness, which Ruin had been manipulating to destroy crops and kill humans. Rashik kind of bungled that one up, but ultimately he stood in opposition to Ruin, taking up Ruin's power. Inexperienced as a god, though, he moved Skadriel closer to the sun and killed much of the population. He created the ash mounts that darkened the earth and, blockaded the and blocked the atmosphere, then changed humanity to be sturdy enough to get through it. Along the way, he turned his fellow Terrasmen Ferukmists into Chondras to protect his secrets, turned himself into an Alamancer in addition to a Ferukmist, and returned back to being a human a sliver, more precisely, and a compounder. With that, Rashik began setting up his empire, creating inquisitors and kolos and conquering the entire continent. Then, with the ska subjugated by the nobles, he simply sat. He ruled for a thousand years, an empire of stability, if not morality, waiting for Ruin's return so he could once again stop it. So, was Rashik a good man? Here, Sezed seems to say yes. 
He calls Rashik a good man who ultimately had honorable intentions, if warped by Ruin's influence. Well, uh, far be it from me to disagree with a god, but I have a little bit of a hard time buying that. Uh, Rashik did, in fact, have some good motivations. He was ordered by Quan to distrust and ultimately kill Elendi if necessary, because Quan had realized that the Terrace prophecies were altered, and if Elendi gave up the power of the well, Ruin would be released. So Rashik tried to save humanity from the deepness, and he set up grain stores with the truth etched in metal in the event that Ruin did come back. He protected the Well of Ascension so that he could once again deny Ruin from ever being released. He even made the first contract with the Chandra that they were never controlled. And all of these preparations helped humanity survive Ruin's eventual assault. So do they make up for the atrocities, the subjugation of the Ska, the wars, and the overall stagnation of the world? Well, no. No, I don't think they do. As I understand it, Rashik was a young, violent hothead, distrustful of outsiders, and ultimately jealous of Elendi and the nation of Clenium. He stumbled in his first moments as a god, and ultimately did his best to fix it, but then he used his power to transform the other Farukamists and the rest of the world, dividing them into noblemen and ska. He allowed a brutal system of subjugation to exist throughout the final empire, stopping rebellions by virtue of his armies and his immense wealth. Some say that Rashik was made worse by ruin, egged on and tortured to become an evil man. Well, I'm sure that's the case to some degree. I'm a firm believer in the notion that an explanation isn't a justification. Not only is it clear that preservation still appreciated the Lord Ruler, but at every step of the way, Rashik had a choice. E in fact, even preservation doesn't come out clean in this one, but the morality of shards is an entirely different question, given that they exist on a different level of reality. Perhaps the biggest through-line between Kelsier and Rashik is their self-justification for taking power. Both men sought deification, sought power, sought revenge, and both of them justified their actions with a veneer of altruism, claiming to be fighting something worse. Kelsier with a revolution, Rashik with a battle against her ruin. The bad things that they did were justified because they were fighting a greater evil. Sound familiar? And even then, this justification is on some pretty thin ice. I think Kelsier did want to help the Ska, and Rashik did want to defeat Ruin, but there was definitely a healthy dose of self-interest in both of their hearts. Both of them wanted recognition, they wanted uh, a show, they wanted power. Which brings to light another issue that we need to ask ourselves. To what extent do quote-unquote good intentions justify bad actions, and to what extent do bad intentions affect the morality of good actions? Kelsier deified himself, yes, but it motivated the Ska. Rashik did the same, and kept the world relatively safe from ruin. Obviously, I, I don't know if there is a clear answer. If there were, it would make these calculations a lot simpler. As it stands, though, it really just gives us some complicated, morally gray characters in the Mistborn world who don't quite fit into the definition of hero or villain. Uh, and these are two men who really really hated one another, uh, their confrontation in Secret History is hilarious to me. But anyway, um, sticking around with the concept of deification, it, it definitely seems to be a big theme in Mistborn, and a through-line in the Cosmere. Uh, we discussed the notion of gods in the Yasnikolan episode a few weeks ago, but this is a process we see several times in Mistborn. Uh, Rashik and Kelsier as mere men, Sezet and Vin as true shards. Now, Kelsier's plan for deification after his death is one of my favorite aspects of the character, because it plays into his theme, well, survival. It's also why I love the fact that he lives through secret history. 
Kelsier always finds a way to live, but it only leaves him hungering for another score, another challenge. First, it's thievery, then it's robbing the Lord Ruler, then it's surviving the pits, then defeating the Lord Ruler by making himself a god. Then, once he's in Shadesmar, finding a way to avoid the beyond, then defeating Ruin, and with that done, what's left? Well, it's obviously time to get his body back. Then, to repeat the deification process, of course, by saving the Southern Scadrians with the Bands of Mourning. And we know that he'll be back in Era 3 just for kicks. For these reasons, I think Kelsier is ultimately the character most likely to have a larger role in the other Cosmere stories. Whether as a hero or a villain, I'm not entirely sure. But most other characters in the Cosmere, and in fiction in general, have a definite endpoint where it seems like their journey is complete. For Vin, it was dying with Eland, for Lightsong, rediscovering his past, for Raiden, and for Ciri, getting married and taking the throne of their respective worlds. I'm sure we'll see something similar for Kaladin and Shallan and the rest of their Osharan heroes. Uh, typically, it comes in the form of a heroic death or a satisfying uh, retirement or conclusion, because that's the closure that we want for most characters in most stories. Kelsier, though, doesn't quite get that, because he can never let himself rest. Much like Hoyd, I think, uh, which I also love that the two men hate each other, there's always another challenge. There's always another target. And in the words of a very wise psychopath, there's always another secret. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World Hopper's Guide. Uh, let me know if you have any comments, counterarguments, or thoughts about things I got right and wrong in this episode, or in the podcast in general, uh, either in an email to worldhoppersguide at gmail.com or in a comment on the Reddit thread. Uh, if you like what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the show uh, or recommend it to your Cosmere-friendly friends. Um, and if you enjoy the show and would like to support it, I'd really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's actually another way if you'd like to support the show. Um, I have finally gotten around to starting a Patreon account. Um, if you like listening to the World Hopper's Guide, and if you've ever considered throwing in a few bucks, I would really appreciate it. Um, I love making the show, and any amount of money that would help kind of cover the monthly overhead cost would just keep the lights on. That'd be great. Uh, in addition, I'd love to get a chance to kind of interact more with the folks who do listen to the show. I've been toying around with the idea of making a Discord server, but since I'm currently mostly just mooching over the folks over at the Sandersonian Institute, which those guys are also worthy of a Patreon buck if you aren't already supporting them. Um, but I don't really know. I, I, I'm not... Uh, I, I certainly don't expect uh, anybody to do anything. It's not it's not an obligation by any means, uh, but it would it would help if you've got the the a, do a dollar or two to throw in. Literally any amount would be lovely. Um, but if you've got any thoughts or would be interested in that kind of stuff or bonus content or like some kind of weird Cosmere trivia night, uh, I would love to do that because I, <laughs> if you can't already tell, I know a lot of Cosmere trivia and I can make some really hard questions. Uh, but anyway, any thoughts of that sort, drop a line to me uh, over on Reddit at you slash uh erver 27 uh or i'm a moderator well where i'm a moderator on the stormlight archive subreddit and i'm often active in the cosmic related conversations uh you can also send an email uh to the aforementioned email uh but anyway that's enough um advertising rambling um thanks thanks to everyone who listens and if you throw in a buck or two on patreon thanks for that as well um anyway Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the intro music. Thanks to Brandon Sanderson for these books. And thanks to you for listening. See you next time.